0: We ended up already talking about animal safety a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we have people safety, and was there something else we left, like kind of general outdoor safety or water safety, or we didn't talk about it in that much detail yet? Um, pool safety, yeah, water safety. Water we safety is the other one? Okay. Okay. So I don't know how often you guys go to the beach. Um. But I'm going to show you a picture of something you need to know if you're ever going to go to the beach. Now, that wind. <laughs> Maybe I will have to go inside. It's going to be loud. Um, <laughs> we'll see. It's turning into a windy day. So when I was a kid, I was always told, if you ever, you're not supposed to go in the ocean in spots where it, the surf looks weird. And so if you Google riptide... This is what you see. You see all these diagrams of places where there's a normal looking kind of surf coming in with wave after wave. And then there's a weird gap in the wave break. Mm. And that's sh- that's because there's something under the surface that makes the water start backflowing in this weird way. So you don't get a wave break in this area because actually the water's pulling back the other way. So in many cases it's usually signs that say rip carrots danger right but then mm-hmm. um you might not really you know pay attention to the signs and sometimes as the tides change at the beach go in and out or as the sand changes underneath the water over periods of months you can develop a rip current situation where there wasn't one before and that's particularly dangerous or if you were ever going to some kind of foreign country where they don't mark things as well they might not have all those signs that say rip currents danger and all that so um the way that people die in rip currents even when they know how to swim is that they try to swim back they try to they try to they're desperate to get back to shore and they're terrified that this water is carrying them out. Look at this bigger. And so they waste a lot of energy and then they're panicked, which will tank your blood sugar once you run through all your adrenaline as we've talked about in health class. And let's see, let's see if we can get this picture bigger. That's not very helpful. Hmm. Well, um, I'm going to stop sharing and just see if I can pull the picture out and look at it closer up. So basically if you, um, if you try to swim against it, you are not going to win. You're going to waste all your energy, get demoralized, panic, and then maybe drown. Mm-hmm. Even strong swimmers, if they just kind of lose their nerve, can drown in a riptide. So what you need to do is not to try to swim against it, which is very hard psychologically because you watch yourself getting pulled away from the shore and a rip current can go out a lot farther than this picture indicates. Then when you're trying to swim, you can't just go a little ways over from where the rip current was and swim back because you could s- still very easily get caught back into it mm-hmm. and that again and again. So you're supposed to swim parallel to the shore, You're supposed to swim sideways basically for a long way. Okay, a long way, longer than you think you need to, basically, till you feel the waves start to kind of pull you back in the other way. Now, this is better or it's less dangerous. Um, If it's on, if you have other people, right? That would obviously be like you'd have somebody to kind of help you keep your nerve. And, um, a lot of the teenagers here, since we're near the beach have been caught in a rip current at some point or another, but if they were caught with friends and they're on a boogie board, so you don't have to use all your energy to stay afloat and your friends remind you, Hey, it's a rip current. we got to go parallel. And then, you know, then it's okay. Mm-hmm. So many, many people survive this, but you do have people drown sometimes when they're just you know, bad things happen. And one of the most important things to understand about swimming anywhere besides a pool is that you can become far more fatigued than you realize in the water, because it's, it's not like assessing your fatigue on land. When you're doing a sport on land, you get hotter and hotter and tireder and tireder because you have your full weight hitting the ground and you feel your full weight and fatigue. But if you're in the water and you're kind of kept up, you often don't feel your full fatigue until you get out of the water. You've probably even experienced this in the pool when you've been done done laps before. And then you get out and you're like, oh, as soon as you pull yourself out of the water, you feel so heavy, right? Yeah. And so even in the water, even apart from the question of a rip current, if you're just swimming in a lake, um, lakes are often really cold. Like, and you're like, oh, it's a little brisk. It's a little brisk, you know, but I'm, I'm doing okay. And your body's keeping you warm and giving you energy to swim. And at a certain point, your body just kind of gives up. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, all the sugar is out of your muscles. Like we talked about with exercise in the health class, you've used all the sugar in your muscles. You've used all the sugar that your body had stored in your liver and it was dripping out as you swam. And then you're just kind of tapped out and you can suddenly become very confused and disoriented because you're just exhausted without, and it it can, it can come upon you suddenly when you felt like you were doing totally fine for a while. And, and, um, we went swimming in a lake last summer. And of course all the little kids had their floaties on and we kept them right by the shore and the bigger kids who we knew were good swimmers they could swim with the group you know we're keeping an eye on them And there was a rock maybe i don't know a couple hundred yards you know to the so we would swim to the rock on the other side and hang out there and then swim back and it was brisk water but not terrible i mean i'm kind of wimpy and i could still do it But it's a weird thing because you go back and forth a couple of times and you're good. And then one of the times when you leave the rock, you're like, oh, I can't make it. It looks so far. All of a sudden, your perspective changes as your blood sugar lowers. And um, I was talking with my friend about this, who's who's a stronger swimmer than me. And I kind of had a little moment where I was like, oh, man, it just hit me. And she's like, oh, yeah, I totally had those moments in lake swimming. And then... Um, we were kind of joking the upside of lake swimming is you can eat as much as you want that entire day because it's taking so many of your calories like you can just sit there and eat junk food on the beach and it all comes out in the wash because it's taking so much more out of you than you realize so maybe that makes mm-hmm. it more that there's this upside if you're you know a middle aged mom and you normally have a slow metabolism it's a, you're going to be a bottomless pit for that day you're swimming mm-hmm. um but i i was talking to some friends about this and and people who are fitter than me have described having these moments where they're swimming with another fit person. They've been having a great time. And all of a sudden, like panic and disorientation just set in. And one of my friends described that if she hadn't been there with her brother, if either of them had been alone, they might have drowned just through straight up fatigue. And if you cramp, then you can't swim very well. You have to sit there and tread water. But then if you panic, you're going to stay cramped, right? So i would say in a lake you should always be swimming with someone else and Mm i should too right swim in groups swim in groups yeah i've um
1: felt like kind of like um it looks so much farther than it seems like i swam there really fast and now it looks so far and usually i'll just get in the water and not look ahead and just like slowly swim
0: back yeah (laughs) so you don't you try not to psych yourself out you're just like one stroke at a time that's Mm -hmm. good that's good so you've experienced a little bit of how how much this can change Mm
2: -hmm.
0: yeah Yeah. and you guys are all competent swimmers i assume Mm -hmm. yeah right eat a lot and hydrate throughout the day if you are by a pool because it's taking or any kind of body of water it's taking more out of you than you think and in some pools they make you do this on purpose they'd say take a break right they'll get everybody out of the water for five or ten minutes um hopefully you're doing this on the beach or the lake beach Um, last summer a college student from thomas aquinas drowned swimming in a lake she looks very fit in the pictures it's, I think she was swimming alone. No one knows. No one knows what happened. She basically didn't come back from a swim and then they found her body. So, I mean, she was probably a good swimmer and yeah. then something happened. It is also possible, you know, occasionally when people push themselves past their limits, they get like heart palpitations or even a heart attack, even though they're young because of the min- their minerals get really out of whack or their body gets too stressed. But it's most likely that she just, suddenly had her blood sugar lower dramatically and fatigue hit her and she just couldn't make it back Mm,
3: that's scary and sad
0: it is scary and sad and totally not what you expect Mm -hmm. um so for my for my kids since we live by the ocean and we're in the ocean kind of regularly we usually go to the way the beach that has um rock jetties that they've built so it has almost no waves right it's basically there's no ripped currents But the beach next to that one has all the signs. It says rip currents. I let my bigger kids go over there and swim in groups on the not rip current side of that beach. And um, but sometimes they've gone over to the rip current side and some um, and people will get (laughs) the other problem here is that um, what if. There was a rock wall on one side of this right so you're trying to go sideways to not fight against the rip current but what if there's a bunch of rocks here which is what's the case there's a big rock wall so you're trying to escape from the rip current you're going to get slammed against the rocks so the the lifeguards will end up having to rescue people and basically run out over the rocks and jump in and let themselves get slammed against the rocks so that the kid the little kid that you know is swimming correctly um doesn't get slammed against the rocks and then get knocked out as they're swimming to the safe spot because it's just kind of a rough you know you don't know if they're going to have the reflexes it can be a rough hit so that's the other thing to consider um so the thing to know, we imagine that drowning is kind of like <laughs> dramatic, like people flop around and say, help, 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 right, in mm-hmm. the water, but they actually don't make any noise at all, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, like um, we did, we were once at the beach, I think it was last summer, we were in Oregon, and uh, at our grandparents' house, and we did go to the beach, uh, yeah, um, we did go to the beach, and Owen, he's like five, I think he, he was probably four then, and he's not, he didn't know how to swim yet, so he got and got out into the waves, and he, he was sort of, you know, um, I didn't see it, but I did see it all of a sudden, you know, my dad got into the water and got him because he went a little too far and didn't know how to swim, And my, which I was like, like talking to Helen and Sue, so he was like, did you see that he wasn't thrashing and splashing, he was actually right. drowning, and he was extremely quiet and no splashing.
0: right. Right watch so sometimes they look like they're struggling or watch um for kids who are it looks like they're treading water they'll kind of be like bobbing so they can't quite keep themselves above the water because they don't have quite the coordination of their movements so their mouths will kind of bob in and out and in and out and you ask them if they're okay and they can't say anything They just kind of keep like doing this like mindless Mm. paddle. Um, it's weird. Now, you guys are good enough swimmers; you can rescue a sibling. But the main thing is noticing it, right? Right. So, Mm -hmm. and and four or five is such a risky age, right? They're likely to be a little overconfident, go out a little too far. So your parents Mm -hmm. that obviously. So your dad had his eyes on him the whole time, just kind of waiting for that to happen. And some parents, although it seems a little bit cruel, will let their kids fall in or do something stupid and experience that panic. And they watch them the whole time, then they pull them out. And that helps the kid to be more cautious. But some kids, sounds like Owen is one of these kids who's more of a limit pusher. Mm -hmm. They won't just believe you every time if you say, don't go in that deep part of the water, the deep part of the pool, right? They might test it and you might have to let them experience the panic of that but i mean obviously you're still going to keep your eyes on them the whole time and i've seen this happen so many times i i feel very blessed that i have not actually ended up watching a kid drown because i've seen so many close calls we used to live in an apartment complex with a pool um i would let each of my kids fall in when they were about a year old um and be like be careful don't fall in i tell them that and then they'd crawl too close and i'd watch them and be like yep then they fall in then i pick them up and they're like whoa never gonna do that again mm-hmm. and then they don't do anything again <clears throat> until they're about four and then some one day when they're four they decide this is the day they can swim and then they walk into the part that's too deep for them in the pool uh one of my kids did it in a lake and my friend uh saw her walk in too far and lose her footing and her head went under and my friend jumped in and got her faster than I did. And then I've heard of kids doing this at the beach. They just go a little too far into the surf and then, you know, it's a little past their knees and then a bigger wave comes and knocks them over and they're getting rolled around. Even though theoretically the water isn't too deep for them to stand up. They're so disoriented. They can't get their footing and they're getting a lot of water in them. Um, And one day, one day we were at the pool at our apartment and um, all the moms were facing the pool talking about how, you know, we've got to keep such a close eye on our kids. And then one of the moms says, wait, where's, where's Gerard? And her four-year-old had gone to the corner of the deep end of the pool and jumped in deciding that was the day he could swim. And his siblings were swimming. Other kids were swimming right next to him and had not noticed him kind of like under the surface of the water like struggling like this so the mom you know reaches in grabs him he didn't have to be resuscitated but another minute if another minute had gone by he would have needed to be resuscitated um, so um, so watch for overconfidence I think is a key thing and um, if you were to see someone, yeah, it could be kind of fun to get tumbled. It's true. If you were to see someone in the, you know, say you you're in a pool and you look down and there's a kid at the bottom, what do you do?
4: Like, either like yell and tell everyone like that there's a kid down there and he needs help, or just like go after him.
0: Yeah. If you're a good enough swimmer, I mean, I think you guys are all old enough that with adrenaline pumping through your veins, giving you extra energy, as we talked about, you know, it's the adrenaline keeps your, lets your brain let you do more, right? Normally your brain inhibits you from overusing your muscles, but when adrenaline is pumping, that system turns off and you can do amazing things. That's exactly what it's for. So The age you are, I would say just if you can, um, if it's not a deep pool, like if it's seven feet or less, just go in and get them. That would be my recommendation. That's what I would tell my kids. If it's 10 feet or something, um, you know, my kids are pretty good swimmers. The thing is, every second counts. Every second counts when someone's not getting oxygen to their brain. And if it takes 30 seconds, you know, I would never run for help. I would try to get them out myself. Even though I'm not a great swimmer, that's exactly what adrenaline is for. Um, I'm sure it'd be a very unpleasant experience. There's a video, let me see if I can find this video of a kid rescuing another kid because he was the one who happened to notice first at a pool, even though there was a bunch of other people there. And the kid is basically rescuing a kid the same size as him, or not much smaller. Um And he just, he just went for it. Um, my friend who has a, um, she was a lifeguard for several, um, for several years, and she has great great instincts and i almost feel like it would be good if everybody got lifeguard training even if they weren't going to work as um as a lifeguard because it just would build so much awareness kind of like i feel like everyone should get cpr training um yeah Let's see. I'm trying to look for this video. I don't want to just show you a video I haven't. Um. Well, my kids. This is like what my kids do. Um. Well, here's one. Okay, we can watch this one. This is a little scary. Hey, Babylon Bee audience. Good talking to you. Kyle here, um, chief Babylon Bee. So let's see um, let me just share this video real quick
2: Oh lifeless as. First responders rush in to give him CPR.
0: This little boy nearly drowned in April.
4: So, because it- I was doing compressions, and then when the fire department got there, they took him away so they could start working on him. And then that's when it hit me to actually react to what was happening.
2: Well, this poor little guy, this uh, very scary body cam footage here shows a Phoenix toddler
0: lifeless as yeah so anyway this the you know, the mom was doing First responders cpr rush in to give him cpr this little boy nearly drowned in april yeah and as we head into summer with more kids aging um, to get the the mom obviously did what she could and she knew cpr she was trying to cpr even if you've never learned cpr and you've just seen it in movies i've heard from cpr instructors that people who don't really know cpr can still bring people back sometimes because you mm-hmm. basically just need to kind of like hit their really work on their chest
3: you like um, rub their back or something?
0: You, um, no, you're like if they're laying on their back, well, they're rubbing the kids' back because they turn to the side. I think they think he's coming too. But at first, you just like basically keep going like this on their chest because you're trying to get whatever oxygen, um, you're trying to get whatever oxygen is in their body to circulate and, um, if they um let's see i'm trying to find this i'm trying to find the same video i watched with the other kids because i already kind of know what it's like and there's so many videos um (laughs) well here's a here's one that says the boy saves his brother from drowning after he watches it in a movie basically It's like exactly, you know, he's saying, if you look at these titles, right? Boy Saves Brother from Drowning after learning how from a movie, right? So he'd seen it done in a movie and that inspired him that he could get this kid out and and probably give him compressions right away. So here's an example of they're kind of going through CPR with these with this girl who's not actually, you know, she's just pretending to be unconscious and he's going to pretend to do cpr on her chest and you would give the kid breaths now if it's an adult you know there's always this potential that you could get um uh that you could get like a disease from them or something Mm -hmm. but um let's see um I think these kinds of videos here are really useful where it says like try to spot the person who's drowning if you're not trained and it is hard, it is really hard to see. So I think that it's good to watch and I've showed these to my kids where I'm like it's not what you look like. Um, Okay let's let's watch this together. Okay, so we're all going to scan here. That's busy. (laughs) I know these lifeguards are earning their money. So you're looking for a kid that's not coming up all the way for air but. oh there we go see yeah, i totally missed that
3: yeah mm-hmm.
0: so and the people around didn't notice either right Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's confusing because in the water everybody splashes right, right. Okay, let's go back like 10 seconds and see if we can see it coming now that we know what we're looking for right All
2: right.
0: now that we know what we're looking for we can see it right. You mm-hmm. can see that girl, she can't get her head out past her... Head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's ...because she's too uncoordinated in her movements. So it's weird, because it's like she's doing okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Figure out which girl it is, and then she just
2: kind of... There
0: we go. Oh, she got out of her floaty see? Uh I think she was in a floatie. Let's go back. Let's go back for a second here. Was she in a
2: floatie?
0: Maybe it's not a girl. I don't know. There's this blue floatie. I think it's this blue floatie. You can see my arrow. I think it's this kid. Yeah. Oh, he slips through. There
2: you go. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's
0: wild. That's wild, Mm -hmm. right? Like, and it's a huge, busy pool. This does not look like a fun lifeguard job. There's probably several Mm. of the lifeguards all around the perimeter, right? Mm -hmm. yeah but the kid was big enough that you would think he could swim right and this is one of the particular dangers if you have a kid who's eight or ten and has not ever learned to be a good swimmer they're often really embarrassed and they will act like they can swim when they can't so that's another kind of risky age right um yeah yeah um so let's see let me let me just see here's one about a nine-year-old saved his little brother um anyway if you go down the rabbit hole on this um and one thing to notice is it's it's going to be more challenging in a way if someone is unconscious because they're kind of dead weight but i believe it's actually harder to rescue a panicked person who wraps themselves around your neck and that's right. why lifeguards, um, that's why they wear those floaty things, because um, it helps them stay up when someone's dragging them down. Mm. So that's a that's a big, yeah, um, that's a big part of why it's so helpful to have a. Um, to have a, a um, what's the word? I kind of lost my train of thought here, but um, you definitely want to have like quick reflexes when this is happening. I, I, I can't quite, um, I can't quite find the example here, but anyway, you can watch these lifeguard training videos. It's called lifeguard rescue and it's like spot the drowning and it's just video after video of big pools of people where you're supposed to try to spot who's drowning and <laughs> it's like it's yeah. yeah yeah it's wild um here we go this is the one i want to show you guys where a kid saves another kid.
2: Is out of Vernon, Central
0: High School. Um, let's see just skip the ad
3: <laughs> honestly i'm not sure how that lifeguard saw that okay. kid
0: all right, so now I'll share this. So this is an apartment pool. Everybody's kind of swimming. The they highlighted it to make it closer. easier to see. I felt really, really
4: scared.
0: So you can see, um, this is the apartment, you know, security camera footage that they just have going i think at this point the kid is already under the water other kid has already struggled and everybody missed it however long he struggled for a minute or something and then he's just on the bottom of the water he's just under Mm -hmm. i went underwater and all of
2: a sudden i see
0: him just laying on the ground So that first kid you saw was the one who was rescued. So he's like seven or eight. And he was too embarrassed to admit that he couldn't swim. And he just jumped in to try. to. Uh. So you see him. And that's just, like the kid who rescued him was 11 or 12. But you see he's really skinny. So weight wise, they were probably pretty similar. Yeah. But.
1: I hold him around the waist, put his head over my shoulder. And I just carried him.
0: Watching a child go from totally blue to a little tiny bit of pink is a,
4: a rewarding feeling. Uh, without Cody and
0: Jess, I wouldn't be alive. Okay, so notice that woman's actually in a wheelchair.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, so she's got like MS or something where her legs don't work very well, but in the moment her adrenaline kicked in and she kind of stood up and walked over there and helped this kid. And she probably felt terrible for days after that, but she had a, She had CPR training or she'd seen it on TV and she just kind of went for it and it, and it worked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think another thing to notice about this video is it, this kid got saved and the woman is still like, crying on video, right? Like, yeah. even if this kind of experience plays out as well as it possibly could, you're not going to feel like yourself for a little bit afterwards. It's just like, whoa. Um, The 12-year-old's kind of like, yeah, you know, I did the thing, right? It's a little different for him. <laughs> but for adults, you know, adults, uh, the older you are, the more that kind of close call feeling really sticks with you. And I guess, I don't know how EMTs deal with it they just have to pray a lot or something but yeah um but anyway yeah i think that i think that those one of my plans for the summer is to make my kids watch the lifeguard training videos i want to all watch them as a family and be like we all should be better at this i feel like you know more drownings could be prevented if more people um right were watching right right yeah
2: mm-hmm.
0: even people who aren't you know professionals are being and there's and if you go on youtube and you look like if you look up like drowning rescue there are hundreds of videos of um somebody at the beach who notices that some kids are struggling and they decide to go out and save them mm-hmm. um because you know the, the first person who notices you know you hopefully if you're a good swimmer and you've got adrenaline you'll get there the soonest so um okay so that's kind of the general stuff about the water And um, let's talk about safety with people. What kinds of things have your parents told you about staying safe in case there's some weird person who is at a park or even at a church potentially or a camp? I'm not sure so one thing that people have uh, someone told me there's a rule in their family is they have a rule that they don't look at people's phones like other kids phones or other you know because often when somebody says hey look at this on my phone on their phone they want to show you something kind of weird if it's a weird if it's a weird person they're sh- they're telling you that to be like oh, let's sneak over here and look at the phone and they could be showing you something mm-hmm. kind of weird or bad right mm-hmm. at the very least it's, it's probably going to be something stupid you guys have the same rule? You don't look at people's phones? or Sarah. We don't
4: look at anyone's phones. Like if my mom even sees us looking at like the phones, like that the kids across the street have, because we play with them sometimes, yep. she'll like
0: ground us for a week. All right. Yep. Yep. Your mom is not being naive. And I, I could definitely tell you stories about the things other parents have told me that their kids saw on other kids' phones at a, a Baseball game or something that you know they really did not want them to see. Um, so that's a really good rule. Um, yeah,
3: my mom had similar for my brothers who uh, they hung out with a boy or they used to when they were younger, and I don't think they were much allowed to play on his phone or look on his phone and stuff.
0: Right. So, anybody who says something like "Don't tell your parents" or "This is our secret." Or even something like, can I show you something, right? Maybe they just wanna, I mean, they might just, it doesn't have to be on the phone. They could be showing you some kind of weird picture in, on a, in a photo album, right? Um, and so what I've explained to my kids is that the you're unlikely to get, say, kidnapped by a person in a white band everybody kind of knows don't take candy from strangers don't get into the white van when it's parked next to the park I think you know that message has gotten out there the riskier thing is the person that you meet see regularly who's secretly a creepy person right and they might think to themselves oh I'm going to be seeing this person all the time I'll be seeing this kid all the time and she's pretty cute and I want to have some time with her that's just our time and so they'll slowly slowly mm-hmm. work on building a relationship where the kid feels like um like it's okay like they have a little bit of a thing going on and they'll try to show you things or make you do things they're just slightly weird just slightly weird at first maybe just have you break a little rule of your parents like oh um Oh, it's Lent. I brought you some candy. Just don't tell your parents.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, or I got a special thing for you. Um, and I wouldn't
4: associate with anyone like that if they acted right. like that.
0: That's true. I th- yeah, you guys probably have really good instincts from your to like, and and frankly, <laughs> these creepy people will. <laughs> when you see interviews with these people, which I'm not saying you should watch, but I've watched they will say things like yeah i invited all the neighborhood kids over and i sized them up and i asked them about their parents to get a sense of how close they were to their parents and i was looking for a kid who was not close to their parents or who had a parent missing or you know from their household go ahead edith um this might not be near the subject but um
1: our neighborhood friend shay once had a friend well, had a friend and she was selling lemonade and this guy came by and he wanted some, and so she gave some to him and like later he came back and he wanted some more and he said you can just put it in the back for me and, but in the front seat she saw that he hadn't touched his lemonade so she just oh she, she said, wow she yeah
0: said, she
3: she was yeah she had packed up her stand and was walking home and he came by in the car and he was like. He opened the passenger seat and he was like, here, you can just put it on that seat right there. And she noticed he had a cup and he hadn't drinking anything. So oh um, she just, she, I think she just kept walking on or she didn't say anything or anything, but she didn't give it to him.
0: That is so scary. That mm-hmm. is so scary. I mean, because if he'd had somebody else in the backseat, he could have just grabbed her.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Making me really rethink the whole lemonade stand idea. <laughs> seems so cute, right? Ooh, that's so scary um yeah i i knew this teenage girl was so she was like 16 she was adult size but she's clearly young she's walking her dog in her nice neighborhood up on a hill in an affluent city and she said this guy in like a, an old kind of like classic car was like hey can you give me directions to such and such and she's like no <laughs> or like what kind of dog is that Or do you know what time it is just any question to get you to come closer to the car and and you know especially now when all adults have smartphones they should never be asking a kid for directions if they anyway you can stop at a gas station and ask for directions you can drive mm-hmm. down the hill out of that neighborhood and go to a gas station it's not not rocket science um, but yeah I had a um, one of my friends is a a principal at a school and she fired a teacher. Because the teacher would talk more to one student during lunch than the other students. He, would, he, he was clearly taking time to talk to this one student. And he was talking to the student in Spanish. Now, this is a Hispanic area. Most mm-hmm. of the kids speak Spanish. However, this is an English language school. And so he was doing something to kind of like create a little bubble with, you know, special bubble with just her. And she warned him a couple times and then she fired him and you know he hadn't done any inappropriate touching she hadn't shown any pictures or you know as far as she knew nothing had happened except that he was singling her out for special attention and she fired him um which i think is totally the right call i wouldn't
4: like that from a
0: teacher i would like
4: avoid that person
0: yeah it's true but you know if you if the teacher has sized all the kids up and he's found the kid that's a little shy or a little lonely then the kid might not um brush off their advances right they might become like oh they noticed me how nice right um so those kinds of kids are much easier targets and as if as the other kids in the school the other kids in the school didn't know notice this if they had noticed if they'd all had this kind of conversation like we're having they might have been like hmm and they'd say, hey, Susie, come over here and play with us, right? And kind of get the girl away from the, the dude. Um, I had an experience like this in middle school where the teacher, one of my seventh grade teachers said, hey, um, could you read this book out loud to me? You know, it'd be good, good practice for you. And I remember thinking like, that's kind of weird. Like I can't be that good of a reader. And why doesn't he just read this book himself? And so, you know, we were sitting outside the school as everyone was getting picked up, and my mom was often a little bit late, so we were in a public area. Um, and yet when I mentioned this to my mom, she's like, hmm, "That's not cool." And it's funny because I remember having this big sense that, like, that's kind of a weird thing to ask, right? But I had done this a couple times where I like read a chapter of a book, and he just like, you know, sat like ten feet away and kind of listened to me read while people were getting picked up from school right and um but there was a moment where my 11 year old spidey sense went off but then I kind of brushed it off it was like yeah oh well, whatever you know what do i know and that's the thing you have instincts the older you get the more confident you'll be about your instincts mm-hmm. but i always encourage my kids if it feels weird it is weird that's like a family motto
2: mm-hmm.
0: always trust your gut um mm-hmm. Your gut is not super developed when you're a kid though, right? So you'll have this moment where it feels weird and then you might not have the confidence to act accordingly mm-hmm. because you tend to assume that the adults, you're, you know, know more, right? Which they do, which is why if something weird is happening, they're probably orchestrating it. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that this whole thing of where they try to get you to be their friend, it's called grooming, mm-hmm. where they they're trying to kind of like develop a little friendship bubble with you now it's it's confusing for kids because the good people in your life also do special things for you right they also might bring you a special gift and want to spend time they'll be like oh i'll just read a story you know your grandma does this right and they said well look this is time with just lucy we're going to read a story together and then but she's not saying don't tell your parents right Right. Although actually sometimes grandparents do give their grandkids sugar and tell them to say, if the parents are super like sugar hardcore, they say like, don't tell your parents. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> so I don't know.
0: Um, so, and then the the purpose of the grooming is to develop a feeling of complicity. Like you've done something bad that you don't want to talk about. And if they can get the kid to kind of participate in something that they know is a little bit weird. then the kid is at risk of kind of getting involved with that person, right? So the example I gave my kids is like, what if you had some weird person who liked to hurt animals, right? And they make a photo album of animals getting hurt. And then they find the kid in the neighborhood who seems kind of lonely. And they show that kid the pictures of animals getting hurt, right? Now the kid is going to be horrified, of course. But sometimes when we're horrified by things, we keep looking because we kind of believe what we're seeing, right? This is a a human, human nature thing. So if this kid who already doesn't feel super close to any safe adults in his life, if he sees these pictures of animals being hurt, and then the guy's kind of like, "Yeah, that's interesting, huh?" and he's like, "Yeah," is he going to go home and tell his parents or his single mom? Maybe not right yeah mm-hmm. he just he doesn't even especially if it's a young enough kid they don't even have the words to describe what happened right they might mm-hmm. yeah sarah you probably would you have a good relationship with your parents
1: i would definitely do
0: that and they probably always told you always tell me if anything weird happens right mm-hmm. right yeah. Right away mm-hmm. but if the kid you can imagine how this would unfold though if the kid didn't tell his parents and it was going on for a while that that adult could do weirder and weirder things and the kid would be like oh my gosh more and more weird stuff keeps happening and i didn't tell him in the first place and i should have stopped this sooner and now i feel guilty and weird and involved and i can't get these pictures out of my mind and then then it can get actually harder and harder for them to say something or they might hit a point where they kind of like oh now i'm going to say something and the parents might be like why didn't you tell me sooner right um so their complicity is the feeling Well, in a legal sense, complicity means you were involved in in the crime. But in this case, complicity is creating that feeling in a kid that they have participated in something bad and now they're embarrassed to tell the people that they need to tell. Um, So you might sometimes someday be in a position where you can help keep someone safe who doesn't have such good instincts and doesn't have a close relationship with their parents, but you notice something weird evolving and you can make it, you know, to be like, hey, come on over here. Come be with the group, right? Mm-hmm. We're doing this fun mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Um, so my mom cornered that teacher after school and said, if you ever talk to my daughter outside the classroom again, I'm going to call the police. Mm-hmm. And this was only part way through the school year. And she said, furthermore, don't come back next year. Find yourself another job now. Preferably with <laughs> like children. So... Then he did. He did. Um, <laughs> anyway, so lucky for me, because I wouldn't have caught on to that until it had yeah. probably something else had happened besides just reading a book, right? Um, and I did mention it to my mom, but I don't remember mentioning it to my mom like, oh, this is a weird thing that I need to tell you. I just probably told my mom and she's like, what did you do today? Like good moms do, right? They kind of ask so they can kind of just hear the update. Yeah, right. And they can have their instincts figuring out whether there's anything else they need to act on. So, yeah. But she said that before this happened, she already felt like this guy was weird because she had instincts from 30 years of life instead of just, you know, 11 years. Right. right. Yeah. Um, and this is the, the one of the things that like as you get older you'll you'll just become kind of like uh, and you'll just kind of naturally not want to hang out with those people like sarah said you might say you might say kind of yes out of politeness in a public place and then make sure you never have to interact with that person again right um my um uh, my daughter had this happen my sister was dating this guy and we went to like one of those pump it up like trampoline bouncy house places and they were at the top of the trampoline i was at the bottom with my little toddler and I think she was eight at the time. And the guy said, oh, um, how about you get on my lap to go, down the tram- to go down this big slide? And she's like, no, I don't want to. Like she's eight, she can go down the slide herself, right? <laughs> He's like, no, no, come on, come on. And she's like, no, I don't want to. And because she was a small eight-year-old, he just picked her up and put her on his lap and went down the slide with her on his lap. And I had this vague memory of them coming down the slide being kind of like, oh, that's funny. I mean, it's funny that she would agree to it, right? I didn't, <laughs> I didn't and she didn't say anything to me at the time, it was only months later when I was talking to them about instincts and if it feels weird, it is weird. And I thought I was having this conversation with my kids like early, right? I didn't realize that my eight-year-old had already had a weird moment with someone where she'd said no and he had not respected her no, right? Mm -hmm. Um. So someone who won't take no for an answer that's a person who's you know probably going to do other things he's crossing the line who knows she didn't end up dating that guy for much longer but if an eight-year-old says they don't want to go down the slide on your lap that's a pretty normal thing for an eight-year-old to say right um so who knows that doesn't really um, mean he was a full-on creeper but he just wasn't even a nice enough person to just let her make her own decision right
2: mm
1: mm-hmm. yeah we had this neighborhood friend for a little bit and she was once at school and I think she she has a phone watch and she once got like a text or something from a boy and the boy said I he said something like I'm sorry I was mean to you in kindergarten I have a crush on you
0: mm. <laughs> <Our God. laughs> yeah man especially in in public school and I, I imagine even in some private schools the kids get there's so much relationship drama right um even if i mean that can be pretty innocent compared with what we're talking about here it's still a big draw of your time and energy where you can waste a lot of energy worrying about what somebody else thinks Whew, it's complicated
3: mm-hmm. yeah yeah i feel like um I, there was, there is a boy at our church, and this is extremely recent. This was a few months ago. Um, He's probably, he's, like, college age, although he didn't want to go to college today. So he's in there. Um, and he did once come up to Sue's. She's 17, she'll be 18 a few months. And um, he did, and he asked her, can I have your email? hmm And she said, you know, sure. And uh, then... Uh, and then, uh, she, he did, like, he said, you know, do you want to, like, um, go out for, with for dinner, like, and maybe a movie, uh, sometime later, and she's like, sure, you know, I'm working this time, you can, you can pick me up from where I work, um, uh, at that time, and, uh, uh, she was like, um, he was, like, a, she exce- she she expected totally informal. She wore, you know, like, jeans and a shirt and stuff. But I think not quite, I don't have all the details, but he might have worn, like, a, a suit or something. Like, something, like, maybe he thought it was, like, more like a date, and she didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, they ended up not going to the movie. Uh, yeah, something like that. And, uh, like, he took her to, like, a a park bench or something, and, you know, sat, and he's like, you know, Seuss, did I ever tell you you were pretty? <laughs> and she was like, I think I have to go home now. And oh, I think other so she walked She walked home where he took her home, but she was super awkward. And then, like, she, like, since then, she, like,
0: goes straight to the car pretty much after church because she just mm-hmm. doesn't want to. It. So it sounds like he's not a bad guy, right? He's only a couple years older than her. Maybe he's 19 or 20 and she's 17. So yeah. that's not so weird. But um, the thing that is weird about it is that. <laughs> <laughs> He might be totally innocent and sweet and he just, Mm -hmm. he just handled it all wrong or he has, he has no game. He has no game as people say, right. Doesn't have any, any dating skills, which is kind of sad when guys crash and burn, but um, it highlights something really important, right? She wanted to have some time where they just got to know each other. Right. Yeah. With, without the feeling that this was supposed to get serious or he'd been like lurking in the shadows, watching her for years. Right. That's yeah. So he should have played it cool. He should have played it a lot more cool and been like, if they had a good time chatting over coffee or whatever. And mm-hmm. then, um, mm-hmm. then you, you know, yeah, then there's this whole kind of way that you interact where you're like, that was really great. Um, you know, the next yeah. day you text and you're like, thanks for, thanks for such a fun time with coffee. I'm free Wednesday night, you know, maybe like a couple days later. And, right. uh, you know, I'm going to be having a, you know, my family's having kind of a fancy dinner, or I'm going to be going to this thing, like something you're kind of already doing. Mm-hmm. So you can invite that person to kind of, you know, share some of what you're interested in. That's, a, you know, girls, especially, you don't want to feel like an object mm-hmm. <laughs> that you've mm-hmm. just been sizing you up and being like, oh, she's so pretty. I can't wait till like, I get up the nerve to talk to her, right? Mm-hmm. Then, it's, then it's a lot of pressure for the girl, it's really awkward. But if the guy's kind of like, okay, she's so pretty. So basically that is why he wants that. That's understood that he finds you attractive. Otherwise he wouldn't have made the first move. But you want to know that the guy is interested in you as a person, right? Mm Because your looks can change over time. Um, And so if he said, if you, yeah, this is a good thing to think about, right? In college, this is part of why it's so easy for people to find people to marry in college because there's just a lot of things going on so you you do things with people and you get to know them while you do things and it feels very natural and then you often find someone that you really like like your parents did or like i did and maybe Sarah's parents too met in college go ahead yeah she, she said uh
1: also one time she was working in her ice the place she works and this like guy came in and he was like he was a young adult and he had just just moved there from like Iowa or Ohio or something he's like he gave her his email and like his phone number and he's like you are really pretty and then he just like walked out which is like <laughs> awkward and, and so he didn't try
0: to get to know her either.
3: Uh like yeah, he did later give her a post-it note with like like I think his address, phone number, email, I don't know, some a bunch of things and then like like at the end like something like you're pretty or I love you or something like that. And um, she did tell her manager and he, he told her him to back off. Like he would come and get ice cream. I think almost every day that she worked. Um, <laughs> she did, he, she told her manager and he did tell him to back off. Yep. And just like, right. you know, leave she's alone. And he's never come
0: back, I think. But. Right. Right. And that, you know, the unfortunate thing is <sighs> it doesn't always mean this guy was a bad person right it's mm-hmm. it's hard to tell if he was like evil or just clueless right but yeah. again that same thing of like she's made to feel like an object yeah and he's not getting to know her personally or saying hey i love to do archery on the weekends right or just kind of something where you're you're <laughs> sharing interest instead of like i'm so into you um yeah yeah it does make you wonder since we're talking about this sometimes if people who are end up being weird creepy people start out just being really awkward and they're not creepy when they're 15 but then they no one ever they never learn how to have a healthy relationship right Mm -hmm. where you get to know the person and then they just kind of keep looking at people as objects right their whole lives it does it's it's very sad it's very sad for everyone right no Um, right and the the most common way that someone has gets affected by a creepy person is when it's someone who you see regularly in your life and i i couldn't i should not even going to tell you all the stories i've heard where it's a cousin like a weird cousin that goes to a weird school and shows people something else you know so parents are not yeah, you guys don't even have cousins close by edith and lucy so this is kind of a moot point for you because you don't have extended family that would have where you're but it's often the case that parents at least in the past were not as careful about relatives as they were about new people in their life And so a fair number of the weird stories I've heard were where it was relatives. it's like, you've grown up with this person, but then one summer you go visit the same cousins and they've gone totally off the deep end and they're kind of turning into bad kids and they introduce them to drugs or show them bad things on a phone or whatever, right? So yeah, it's probably a little bit of a moot point for for both all you guys, but it's definitely a, a thing that happens. Um, I was pretty like I had pretty innocent cousins even though they went to yeah public school they were they were pretty decent people nothing weird ever happened but it's definitely we're just not always equally careful about everyone but statistics show that we should be equally vigilant about everybody in our lives basically Um, because it's just you know it's just possible for someone to kind of go go into a bad bad place and suddenly kind of bring out the darkness in them and then they might want to you know bring some of that darkness onto some other person because that's kind of how those situations can go sometimes so yeah i guess that's pretty much everything we were going to cover for today and um The next time, I feel like I've learned a lot from offering this class. One thing, I feel like I want to spend a little more time on each topic. Like I was kind of grouping topics together when I planned Mm -hmm. this out. But when I do this class next time, I'm going to have each class be a little bit shorter. But have just one topic, like just water safety. So we we can go a little more in depth, but also not like have your Mm -hmm. brains get too full. Because it (laughs) seems like an hour is a long time to talk about like so many different kind of serious things Mm -hmm. yeah
1: Um, wasn't this the the fifth week
0: yeah yeah so yeah I'm saying this is the fifth week this is the last week for how I plan this class but I think in future when I offer this I'm going to make each class shorter but do more Mm. classes because I think that's easier than switching gears
3: thank you so much fun
0: yeah it was super fun for me I'm really glad to like feel like And getting, like, more kids your age will just be thinking about these things to help everybody be more safe. Right. I know so many people where their kid got saved from choking because somebody at the park knew CPR even when they didn't. So, and just, you know, stuff. You need something to act.
3: And CPR is like you, like, tap on their chest. You press
0: on their chest. Yeah. Yeah, you're like, you're actually, if it's an adult, they'll tell you the goal is to push down so hard on their chest that you've gone in one third of the depth of their chest Mm. which means that (laughs) it means that if the person was here on this chair which you wouldn't have on the chair you'd have them on the ground i'd be like putting my whole weight like like dropping my weight onto their chest again and again okay so you get quite tired doing it if you've ever when they teach classes they have you do it with these practice dummies that are made up like plaque they're like heads and plastic chests but no arms and legs and so you're like pressing and it won't it it makes a click when you get it deep enough if you mm. don't if you press deep enough it doesn't make a click so you can hear and get some feedback of whether you're doing it hard enough but i've heard that if you're actually doing cpr really hard on an adult especially if it's an older person you will break ribs mm. but it's better than not living at all i mean mm. having a broken rib is painful but it's better than not being alive Hopefully when you're doing
1: what do you say? Hopefully we will never have to
0: do that. Yeah, I mean, I've lived this long and never had to do CPR on anyone, but it's nice to feel prepared.
4: Mm-hmm. It's It seems strange to me that it would be adults in danger of breaking ribs instead of kids.
0: You know, the reason is, Sarah, that um, babies, like if you had to do CPR on your little brother there, he's he's actually still mostly cartilage, so it's not going to break. Mm-hmm. She's actually a little sister. A oh, little sister, okay. Okay. <laughs> um so when you're doing CPR on a kid there there's still so much cartilage it's not really hard bone but as you get older your bones are not much cartilage and they they just get a little more brittle so if you do, do CPR on an older person like a 70 year old I think you expect to break bones and then other than that you just you do what you need to do um but if you have more than one person in helping you take turns doing cpr you switch off every couple of minutes because sometimes you do cpr for 10 or 15 minutes and then they pass out their adrenaline starts to wear off and they're (laughs) they're exhausted from doing this for so long um so if you have someone to switch with you would switch with them and you kind of get up take a break shake your arms out take a few deep breaths and they do their two minutes and you keep taking turns um and the more people you have the more people would take turns and you usually would keep doing cpr until emergency people come on the scene so it could happen depending on if you were in a rural area it could be 15 minutes that you've got to do cpr which is going to be probably the longest 15 minutes of your life if you ever have to do this
2: yeah um
0: when you have a situation where your adrenaline's pumping your brain remembers things much more and everything seems longer and shorter at the same time It, it warps your sense of time so it's very different than regular life um I'm trying to think of the people I've noticed known who had to do CPR. But emergency personnel, you know, they get used to people not coming back. And one important thing to know know about CPR is if you find someone and they're already down on the ground, we talked about how it could be a diabetic emergency. It could be, they just had a seizure. It's not necessarily that they need to be resuscitated. So you're supposed to feel and see if you can feel their pulse, if they're, if they're if you can feel their pulse, which is a hard thing to do when you're nervous, but, or if they, if you look carefully and they seem to be breathing, you don't need to do CPR. CPR is when they aren't breathing or they don't have a pulse. Mm.
2: Um,
0: um, but if you find someone that's already down on the ground, the odds are, even if you do CPR, they're not coming back. Right. If you don't have a machine to, like, say, jumpstart their heart, like with an electric shock, that improves the odds quite a bit, but you're not going to carry that around with you. Um, and if you're not in a place like a mall or a fitness center, there won't be one close by necessarily. So, you know, you're going to do what you can and call 911 and they'll bring a machine. But as the minutes go by, the odds get lower and lower that they'll come back. But you always right. try as long as you can because sometimes people come back after 30 minutes. Or forty, mm, right? Minutes, and you just don't know. You just don't know. So you just keep going while it seems like you have any shot. Sometimes they go for forty-five minutes or an hour. If the kid, um, if it seems like the person isn't like becoming more definitely dead, I guess I should say. If you see the person go down and you start CPR or you pull them out of the water, you know, and they've only been not under a minute, the odds are, of course, much much better, right? But if you find someone that's already down and you didn't see them go down, and you don't really know what happened. I think the odds are like one in 20 that they would be able that you would bring them back. It's quite low. So just, you know, I just share that in this case that you ever are in this situation, you, the odds are against you. So you're just doing what you can to know that you did what you can Right. Um, but if you see someone go down, the odds are much, much better because then it's probably choking or some other kind of thing that you can salvage it. And you can and then of course you're gonna be starting to get help sooner. They'll bring the electric machine if they need to shock the person's heart or whatever. So and okay. yeah, and if you have to do CPR on a, on a really little baby like her and you ha- if you have adult-sized hands, you'd actually put your hands around their chest to go or you'd put the baby, on the ground and just press with your two fingers so you don't press too hard. So if it's an adult, you put you put your palms on right. really hard. If it's a kid, you're doing one hand. And if it's a baby, uh. you're just going with two fingers. Uh. So yeah, you can watch videos online. If, you're, you know, if your mom can find you one that she's happy to have you watch, or maybe I'll find one and say, this seems like a good one to watch. So yes. you can have a sense, yeah. She is super cute
4: yeah she
0: is she has big well, that's what we call schmooping eyes when they have like big eyes with like the the brows that like the big eyes that make you just yeah
4: <laughs> she's trying to grab the mouse and the keyboard
0: oh yeah she can tell those are the important parts she's seen you she's seen you do <laughs> <your> thing, right <laughs> all right well thanks for thanks for yeah. All your comments as we were talking about these things
3: yeah thanks for giving you all that information
0: yeah all right hope it helps one of these days yeah all right <laughs> take care everybody bye, bye.